I'm going to preach a little while here. If you'll get out your Bibles, we're going to read John 15, 1 through 8. I want to talk to you about followers. Followers of Jesus Christ are fruitful. If you're a true follower of Jesus Christ, Jesus calls you something. We're going to look at that in just a minute. And true followers of Jesus Christ have fruit. Say that, say that with me, fruitfulness. The Bible says you'll know them by the words they speak. Nope. You'll know them by the way they dress. Nope. You'll know them if they come to church. Nope. You'll know them by their fruit. I don't have to worry about all the time being paranoid if it's a false prophet. All I got to do is look at their fruit. All I got to do is look at your fruit. I hang out with you and look at your fruit, and I'll know if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. How many of you remember in the 70s, 80s, the fruit that was in the middle of your table that was fake? You remember the bananas and the apples and the pears, and they look like fruit until you get really close, you pick them up. They're hollow, they're plastic, they're painted, they're hard, and they really aren't fruit. They're fake. I can tell if you're a fake. Just by your fruit, right? I'm not calling anybody fake. I'm just saying, you can tell if I'm a fake. All you got to do is look at my fruit. I can tell if you're a fake. Look at your fruit. I went to a fundraiser one time. I won't tell you the fundraiser because it was actually in town, and in the middle of their tables was bread. And you're like, hallelujah, I'm going to come to the fundraiser. I'm going to eat bread from the get-go before food is served. Grab the bread, bite into it, but it ain't, it ain't real. It's bread. But they lacquer thinned it. I mean, they sprayed a coat on it. I don't know how many years old the bread was. They just kind of covered it. It was bread, but it wasn't really real. See, you can create fruit in your own strength by just like, oh, there it is. Boom. Look at my fruit. You can do that religiously. But that's not what God is looking for He's looking for true fruit that comes from him working through you because you have learned to abide in him. You're an extension of him. You're a branch of the vine, and he's rooted in, and fruit just naturally happens. So we're going to talk about fruit. We're going to talk about rooting. We're going to talk about if you're a true follower of Jesus Christ, God calls you something and if you're a true follower, we should each be fruitful. God desires everyone in this room right here to be beautifully fruitful. Amen? Not fruity. We don't need nuts and fruits. You can run into that in the Christian world too. Nuts and fruits. We need fruitfulness. Healthy fruit. We're even going to talk about bad fruit. You can be an all-in Jesus following. An area of your life, bad fruit. Why is that? Why does that happen? We're going to look at that just for a few minutes. John 15, 1. I am the true vine. Everyone say code red. If you don't know our DNA here, if I say code red, it means Jesus said it. I am the true vine and the Father is the vine dressers. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, so you can be in him and not bear fruit, he takes away and every branch that bears fruit, guess what he does? Clip, 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 prunes, that it may bear more fruit. He's all in, listen to me really good, because I need you to check yourself today. 
Jesus is in to you bearing fruit. You are already clean because of the word of God which I've spoken to you. Abide in me. Say that with me. Abide in me. And I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Anybody that tries to operate religiously, they are outside the vine and it gets kind of weird fruit, plastic fruit. It's not real. It's not what this world's looking for. And it goes on to say, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, look, bears much fruit. Say that with me, bears much fruit. Jesus is in the fruit. Your fruit. Good fruit. Much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Has anybody figured that out? Without him, you can do nothing. If you haven't figured that out, you just haven't quite lived long enough. You're not quite old enough, haven't been walking with him long enough, because you will find out without Jesus, you can't do diddly squat. In him, we live and move and have our being. If you abide in me, my words abide in you. You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. Say that with me, much fruit. So you will be my disciples. Evidence of you following Jesus Christ, caught red-handed, is that you produce fruit. Followers of Jesus, what he calls you, what he desires of you, what he's always looked for, what he looked for in the very beginning are these people called disciples. Say that with me, disciples. It's not an old word. It's not a cultish word. That's what Jesus looks for. He looks for wholehearted followers who follow, look, 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 follow after him and you are disciples. He's not looking for what I would consider, you know, 12, as some may consider themselves like Jesus or like American, American Christians or American Christianity. Like, I was born in a family that one day they knew Jesus, so I'm a Christian. Or my uncle in Colorado, Uncle Roosevelt is a preacher, therefore I'm a Christian. Or I go to church, and because I go to church, I'm an American. I was born in the U.S., therefore I am a Christian. I go set in, a, in, 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 in churches all the time. I love drinking lattes, but I'm still not a latte. I've drank a lot of them, but I'm still not a latte. You can sit in church all you want. Doesn't mean it's a good thing, but it doesn't mean that you're all oh, jail. I was uh, I got touched when I was 12 years old in a youth camp. I'm a Christian. Well, I don't know about that. Are you? Well, I'm not a Buddha, Hindu, Muslim, or Jew. Must be a Christian. Well, I don't know about that. What God has always looked for, listen to me really good. This could be a message on discipleship. It really isn't, but it's all about a follower and the evidence that you're following Jesus. True followers of Jesus are disciples. And followers of Jesus' disciples have fruit. 
I can look at your fruit and you can look at my fruit. We can look at each other's fruit. And it shows you that you are a disciple of Jesus Christ. Not by lip service, but what naturally comes out of you. Jesus called followers disciples. Jesus has always looked for them. Disciple, i got to ask you a question. Are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? Here's, here, here's another question. Don't say it out loud. Just kind of check it in your heart. Are you fruitful? Is there fruit on your tree? You have to ask yourself, soul search yourself, because that's what this message is all about. God desires you to be fruitful and much fruit, and guess what? Much good fruit. Look at 7 and 8 one more time. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear. Come on, go with me, 11, 11. You bear much fruit. I'm here to kind of prog you, probe you, push you, stir you unto good works because he desires you and I to have good fruit. So you will be my disciples. Look what NIV says in verse 8. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Are you guilty of bearing fruit? Things can change if you aren't. If Jesus walks up to you right now today, that fig tree, are you a fig tree that he moves the leaf and finds a fig to eat? And if you aren't, guess what he did to that fig tree? Somebody say cursed. cursed. Next day, weathered up and down. Oh, jail, jail, Jesus would never do that. Yes, he did. He did it. And if you look back at what I just read, it says, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch, and it is withered. And then guess what they did with the withered branches? Everyone say, burn, baby, burn. I was raised in South Carolina. Nanny and Papa, my grandparents, they had a garden. It was a huge garden. Garden to me is spelled W-O-R-K. If you're a gardener, God bless you. I'm not. My Papa would get on the tractor and plow it and then make rows. We'd plant seeds, all kinds of different seeds and little tomato plants and you name it. And remove clods or break them up, hoe it, weed it, fertilize it, spray poison all over it and eat it in about a month. <laughs> Back in the day, couldn't spell, uh, help me out. Organic. Dr. Ryan couldn't spell organic, bro. And we would string beans. Anybody ever string beans? If you like string beans, you're crazy. You just didn't string enough beans. Butter beans. Wow. We worked to get fruit and veggies out of the garden straight up. If you think that just coming to church and hanging out, that you're never going to do anything, you're just going to be so fruitful. That's not vision. That's called 
fantasy. You're living in a sci-fi. Because it takes work from us, intentionality, and abiding in Christ to produce the fruit that God wants in through you. It's, it's like a tension. We abide in him, but yet we work. We abide in Christ, and yet we work. We abide in him. We abide. We practice his presence, man, devotions, but yet we work. It takes both of those things to produce fruit. I, I'm, I'm letting you know that because God desires you to produce fruit. But it just doesn't happen. There's a, there's a radical middle of abiding and working for us to produce fruit. It really is. I can be in a very, very difficult situation, and it looks like all hell is breaking up around me, but I can go to that place and say, I'm abiding in Christ right now. I'm hidden in him. I remember going to Peru. It was a very fast trip. Oh, my goodness. I'd never been to Lima, Peru, and all of a sudden I get into Peru, and it's like, man, there's a place where you can abide in him. You're alone, but you're never alone. Abide in him. Everyone's speaking a language you don't understand. I might just be able to say K or or something like that. That's about it right there. You, you know what I'm saying? But my point is, is that you can be in your classroom and be the only Christian in your college or what have you, and you can abide in him. Abiding in Christ is very, very vital if you're going to produce fruit. You have to, that branch, you the branch, have to abide in the vine. And I got to tell you right now, it takes work. It takes work. It takes a radical middle to do that. I don't just abide, but I also work. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share some good works that we see all the disciples doing. Just a few of them. The disciples did a lot of works. Lots and lots and lots. I'm only going to share like the, 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 the 101 level of works the disciples did and produced much fruit. Now, this is not a message really on works, but works is, don't be scared of that because works is a byproduct of you having faith in the God Almighty that loves you, that did a work for you. He did a work at the cross died for you, for your death and your sin, and because we're crazy about him and have been forgiving of him and he lives inside of us, we do amazing works with, with, with the right aspect, with the right, with the right mindset. If you get those backwards, you'll be religious. There's a lot of religions that do, a lot of religions that do things first as works, and it's all about how work, what works you can do. To obtain levels. That's, that's the opposite. Of, we're the opposite of religion. We have a relationship, a love relationship with the God of the universe. And because of what he's done for us, we do these amazing works out of a place and a heart of gratitude. Are you following that? That's important. If you, if you don't get that right, you li should listen to the message last week on circumcision. I've heard two messages on circumcision and that was the best one I'd ever heard. Thank you. I heard two, but that was the best one. It's not like us pastors, we like to come to church and go, oh, we're going to just preach on circumcision today. <laughs> clip, clip, clip. Get the stones ready. Here we go. No, that's not, that's not how it rolls. But it was a great message on circumcision. It was a great message for you to have great understanding on works versus the grace of God and salvation and faith and what we do out of a place of faith 
and love and love with Jesus Christ. Are you, are you following me? We abide in him. Listen. You abide in him. You work. And guess what you'll have? You'll have some good fruit. I'll get to a few, few, few good fruits in just a minute. I want to... I wanna, I want to touch on this right now because a lot of people, Christians, loving Jesus, born-again Christians, sometimes have an area of bad fruit in their life. What is bad fruit from? All you got to do is follow the bad fruit down the vine into the root, and you'll find a bad root. If you have a bad root, guess what's going to come out? Boo! Bad fruit. All of a sudden, you got bad, got an addiction going on. I promise you, we can track that back to a bad root. All of a sudden, you have anger. You're just like smiling church, but angry at home. There's, there's, there's a root that we need to follow. Maybe it's a father's wound, or you learned anger. From, Proverbs says anger's learned. All of a sudden, you have an emotional situation, OCD or fear, I guarantee you. Is it easy to find the root? Not always. It can be very difficult. Holy Spirit can lead you, and great counselors can help you find it, that that's what they specialize in. Guess what? You follow that, you follow that, you follow that root, you get to the root, you dig it out, you remove it, you change the root. Guess what happens? You change the fruit. Bad root? Bad fruit. Go with me, church. Come on, somebody. Bad root? Good root? Absolutely. And so you can be an awesome person who loves Jesus and still struggle in this area. God wants to get to the root of the situation because guess what God is looking for? He's looking for good fruit. You'll know them by their fruit. I'm not talking about someone trying to come in as, as a wolf in sheep clothing. That's not what I mean. I'm saying that someone who is crazy about Christ, but they have this area that's got them all jacked up. And you need to get to that area of changing the fruit. Then all of a sudden, you have Christians these days that instead of going from glory to glory, they bounce around and go from church to church. Right? They don't go to glory to glory because they never deal with situation because they go to the next church. Guess how many, hey, Craig, how many churches was there probably in Corinth in the day of Paul, in your opinion? One. 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 You get offended, you stay at that church. Because it's only church. Get offended in Coeur d'Alene, Kootenai County. Well, choose from 72. You can just choose. You can go in, slide under the radar. Oh, hi, pastor. Never tell them where you come from. Never tell them why you're there. It's like you, you, you never told them that you're ticked off at J.O. He said something or he didn't speak to you. And you just bounce around. Here we go. Woo, woo. Oh, Methodist, Baptist. I'm going to go down to Candlelight. I'm going to go to Anthem. I'm going to go. I'm going to wherever it is. Just bouncing. You know what this is called right here? This is a tumbleweed. Look at the fruit. Look at the roots. Guess how it moves? Just with the wind. 
You'll never go from glory to glory. Never grow unless you deal with your stuff. Now, I'm like anybody else. I don't like offenses. I don't like dealing with... If you like like the verse or... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for here? Just like, uh, 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 what is it? Conflicts. Yeah, conflicts. Thank you. If you just like conflicts, you're a bit crazy. I don't just love conflicts, but guess what I deal with? All the stinking time. All the time. I just got accused of something last week. I didn't even know about it. Craig told me about it. I was like, well, thank you, Craig. Send them an email of accusation for me. I'm like, wow, I don't even know because I did something with my hands. I'm like, I was trying to probably praise Jesus. I don't even know what I do with my hands all the time. Did they come to me? No, because they heard from the Lord. Charismatic, don't play that card all the time. Charismatic, if you hear from the Lord and you're the only one that hears from the Lord, you are jacked up. <laughs> By the mouth of two or three witnesses, no one could ever speak into your life if the only card you ever play is, I, I, I heard from the Lord. Boy, that's free today. That's not, I didn't say that anywhere in any other message. That's free. That must be for somebody here today. Gosh. Anyway, don't be a tumbleweed. Get roots. Grow fruit. Grow good fruit. Here's, I'm just going to mention, then we're going to be done. Here's a few 101 areas if you are a disciple following Christ that you will be able to produce fruit. The disciples did it. They did many things, but here's the top three. Number one, they were responsible to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. They were responsible to share the word of Jesus. Fruit check. Are you sharing the word of Jesus Christ? You may not ever do it like me, and that's okay. But is there fruit? Are you guilty of sharing the fruit? You may be a school teacher and have 35 little heathens out there. Not, they're not heathens. You know what I'm saying. Well, I guess they could be heathens, but we don't want them to be heathens. You have a platform to share Jesus. They're not heathens. Erase that. JR work all the time. Well, where do you think your mission field is? <laughs> I was a manager at a, at a gym in Eureka, California, and all I did was just, I, didn't, I only have one message. You ever seen the message machine? He goes, ah, you have one message. You have one. You, ever, you remember that? I only have one message, and his name is Jesus. So I'm in the gym, and I just do what I do. I just share Christ when God, I'm not preaching the gospel down someone's throat. Just as God opens the door, I only have one answer, Jesus. Marriage jacked up, whew, Jesus can absolutely change that. Your life is jacked up, addicted, suicidal, Jesus can change it all. So the owner of the gym comes to me, nice guy, Italian guy. 
sweet guy, pretty sweet, not that sweet, kind of sweet. <laughs> now that I think about it, not that sweet. And he just says to me, Jay, you just can't be preaching. You can't share Christ in here. And I'm like, okay. A woman walks up to me, asks me some questions. The only answer I have is Jesus. So I says, ma'am, we have to walk out the door here onto the sidewalk. <laughs> and I just go outside the gym, sidewalk, right there on 101, and share Jesus with her. That's the only answer I have. Wherever you work is your mission field. Don't say, I'm going to go to China and turn it upside down for Jesus Christ, but you're, you're not willing to tell anybody in your city or your neighbor or anybody about Jesus, but you're going to learn a foreign language and go turn that nation up. Come on, somebody. The first area that they were responsible for was to preach and communicate the kingdom of God. Are you fruitful? Do a fruit check right now. Do you share about the kingdom of God? Number two, 101, in Acts, you will be witnesses. When the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're going to be witnesses for me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the world. Are you a witness for Jesus Christ? I don't have to look at your fruit. Check your own fruit. Do I ever preach the gospel? Am I a witness for Jesus Christ? These are areas that I, I have to encourage you that disciples were responsible for. And guess who else is responsible for it? You and I. We're here today because the generation before us was responsible. Jesus started a grassroots movement. The disciples carried it out. Paul went everywhere. Guess what Paul was doing? Preaching the gospel. He was a witness of Jesus Christ. He had a testimony. Guess what he did? He poured into his son in the Lord, Timothy. Hey, do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. What did Timothy do? He did the same thing. Generation after generation after generation, caught red-handed, preaching the gospel. Witnesses. And my last one. Now, the disciples probably did hundreds if not thousands of things. I'm sharing three areas that were biggies for disciples to do as followers and evident that they were following Jesus. The third one is this. Hey, come follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. They left their net because they were fishers of fish. Left their net, followed Jesus, and Jesus, listen, made them. Like molded, equipped them to be fishers of men. Now listen to me really good. If you're following, you have to be fishing. You can't tell me, oh, I just follow Jesus to the ends of the earth. And you've never, ever, ever fished for man. You, I, I, have to, I have to really challenge you on your following. You don't have to do it like me or Logan or Craig or anybody you hear of. But there has to be some kind of fishing going on. Now, you can fish all kinds of ways. In the south... 
when I was a little boy, we fished with cane poles. Anybody ever fished with a cane pole? Some of y'all from the South probably. Catching brim and crappie, call them crappie in the South. And you know, you fish with a cane pole, brim buster, Zebco 33 when I was little. All of a sudden, you grow up and get an ambassador with a speed stick, got all kind of plugs, trying to catch largemouth, smallmouth bat. Come on, somebody. And then all of a sudden, you go with somebody, they're downriggers, and you might catch one of those big tunas, but throw a net. Rednecks use dynamite. I don't know. My point here is this. I didn't tell you to use dynamite. I said rednecks use dynamite. <laughs> rednecks. Right, Aslan? Did you ever fish with a cane pole? You did? Yeah. He's from South Carolina. If you're following, you're going to preach Jesus. Fruit's going to be evident. Somebody emailed me from last night and says, Man, I'm a homebody. I just don't know if I'm fruitful. And, but he, did, he said, I pray for people and I tell people about Jesus. I emailed him back and said, you're fruitful. You can reach Africa from your home these days. Three things are you preaching Jesus. The disciples marked with that. They went everywhere preaching Jesus. Two, are you a witness? Do you have a testimony of what Christ's done in your life? And do you ever fish for man? This summer I was walking. I do a lot of walking in the summer trying to get ready for elk hunting in the fall and got a backpack and I just walk everywhere and a woman pulls up and she's pretty. I could tell her she was shaken. She was super nice and she says, have you seen my dog? And I'm like, what is it? What kind of dog? And she started telling me all about it. And, you know, she had called the police and so forth and so on. I literally, I was like, I would really like to try to find her dog and take it back. Because she was shaken. What's your point, J.O.? She was searching for a dog. She was super passionate to find a dog. How many of us have looked for dogs and cats? Don't raise your hand. A lot of us. Can you imagine if we were like Christ? He came to seek and save that which was lost, the fruit that we would have. If we had a passion for the lost like we did our dog. Right? It's real, isn't it? It's very real. So let me leave you with this. Fruit check. Are you fruitful? Fruit check. Do you have much fruit? Fruit check. J.O., I don't have fruit. Let me help you out. Get re-rooted in Jesus. Decided, I'm going to get rooted in you, Jesus. I'm going to root in you. Number two, follow Jesus. Following means after him. You're not in front. He's in front. Follow him. Abide in him. And I promise you, you will bear much fruit. You will bear much fruit. God desires us all to bear fruit, every one of us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Every gathering, we love to give people an opportunity to step out of darkness into light, out of death into life. 
How do I know that that can happen? Because of what Jesus did for you and I. Jesus stepped out of heaven. God, 100% man, 100% God, steps out of heaven like, like Craig said years ago, God in a bod. Walked on earth 33 and a half years or so, never sinned, not once. <laughs> wow. Come on. Qualified him to be the greatest sacrifice of all time. Why? For you. He took on your sin and your death. See, you can come to church right here, right now, sit there, and you're setting in death unless Christ lives inside of you. And today, if you don't know Christ, or maybe you knew him when you were 12 but walked away from him, maybe you met him at summer camp this year but you've walked away from him, maybe you've never known him, whatever your spiritual condition is, if you don't know Christ and only you really honestly know if you're in right standings with Jesus, if you're not, I want to pray with you right now. I think you can simply Pray a prayer, a sincere prayer of faith from your heart and your life will be changed for eternity. He throws you a lifeline today. And today, by the way, is the day for you. How do you know that, J.O.? Because the Bible says it. So quit playing games with Jesus. You act like God doesn't know what you're doing. Give me a break. He knows exactly what you're doing and get right with him today. Amen? Let's pray to get right with Christ. The Bible calls it being born again, saved, eternal life. You can pray a sincere prayer of faith today and be in right standings with Jesus Christ.